0: The Fasarius Chapter House is the world's first headquarters for Christian ministerial innovation, bringing preachers, leaders, and innovators together to collaborate on new liturgies, resources, and responses to the challenge of our times. This podcast explores the ever-changing era of perpetual upheaval in which effective ministry requires constant imagination, creativity, and change. Uh, well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us in uh, Episode 1, Season 2 of the Chapter House Podcast. I'm here with my friend uh, Ken Brewer. Which would you say hey, Ken?
1: Hello. Yeah. Hi, David. Hello, everybody.
0: Yeah, tell them what you do, who you are, and where you're from, and how we Okay, you.
1: well, um, I'm originally from Michigan, Detroit area. I um, did not grow up in the church. Um, I think I went to church just two times before I was 20. And both times I was drunk, so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a Catholic church, so for some people, it that definitely still didn't doesn't go. count. Right? So, but then I became a Christian, went to Spring Arbor, majored in philosophy and religion, felt a call to ministry, went to Asbury Theological Seminary down in Kentucky, uh, was uh, feeling called into teaching, higher ed. So I went to Princeton Theological Seminary and then to Drew University, and uh, University of Tubingen for four semesters. So, yeah. so I pa- I've pastored for sixteen years. So I was an assistant uh, youth pastor, and then I had my own church out in New Jersey. I lived out there about twenty years, and uh, but uh, I I got a teaching. My first teaching job was was out in New Jersey, but I uh, got involved in a church plan. So I was on. Uh, a launch team, which gave me new skills I hadn't, sure. hadn't learned. And, uh, and then it was called, uh, Spring Harbor called me up, wanted to know if I was still conservative enough to teach there. And I <laughs> said, you can, you, yeah. you can be the judge of that. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I had a job. I didn't really want it. But uh, I went and interviewed, and they said, it's you got the job. So it's in you. 2003, uh, we moved here, and I've been teaching ever since, so I'm professor of theology and chair of the Department of Theology. Yeah,
0: and, and didn't you tell me, well, you have four master's degrees in theology, is that right? Three master's
1: degree okay. and a PhD. And a PhD, yeah. yeah. Well, so, what does that count
0: for? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, where's your PhD from? Is it Princeton uh,
1: Drew University, yeah. but I actually did my doctoral work over in Germany because right. uh, I went there. I, I actually worked with the person I was uh, researching, Uh, a world-famous Roman Catholic theologian named Hans Küng. And I was looking at the role of uh, Christian faith and other religions and religious pluralism and the uniqueness of Jesus. And that actually came out of my youth ministry work because uh, I was a youth pastor in a uh, church in East Brunswick, which was 40% Jewish. And I had a youth group of 90 senior high kids and 10 of them were secularized Jews. I had three Buddhists, three Muslims, uh, a Hindu. And they were asking all the best questions. Yeah, you know, yeah. all the other kids were, you know, just believed what everybody told them, right? Yeah, yeah. They and they, they were they asking reconcile. me questions yeah. about, you know, uh, Jesus and other faiths and will he go to hell? And is there any truth? And, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: you know, all these things. And that it was first time I encountered that. And so my, uh, my advisor at Drew was Dr. Thomas Oden. And he told me to, uh, for my dissertation, to do something fresh, because sure. dissertation is going to take a while.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: <laughs> he said, what's relevant? I said, all right, now I don't know how to answer a lot of these questions, you huh. know? So, uh, so I dove into the study of that and looking for a topic. And a lot of uh, people obviously have written on some of the major sure. figures. And then uh, Hans Küng has uh, no dissertations on that. So I went and worked with him. And uh, it was a great experience. I was there for two and a half years. I
0: didn't know that. Because so, I'm a Jesus guy. I mean, you know, there's... There's some people that are Christian guys, there's some people that are God guys, there's some mm-hmm. people that are church guys, yeah. some people that are Holy Spirit guys. I'm a Jesus guy. I'm, a, yeah. I'm all the way a Jesus guy. You don't have to choose, Dave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Sometimes you talk to somebody, you know, you talk about know the uniqueness of Jesus. I mean, I get into the, I, I, I get I get really concerned. I get burdened. Um, when I talk to to other pastors, especially young pastors who are so passionate about anything—worship, w- justice, church, yeah, yeah. missiology—and and, and s- somehow they, they miss out on on the forest for the trees. And, mm-hmm. and for me, you know, if Jesus—if yeah. the name of Jesus, if the person of Jesus, if the achievement, the accomplishment of Jesus, all the the Jesus stuff—Jesus mm-hmm. isn't in there. Yeah. Um, then I then I I mean, he's my sure. first love. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now, that said, uh, Stanley Hauerwaus, the late, great Stanley Hauerhaus, um uh, I guess more late than great now. It's been a few years. But he he posited, I thought this was so cool, that a, a way better way to have ecumenical dialogue or interfaith dialogue was to talk pneumatologically instead of Christologically. So yeah. talk about the spirit. Everybody's got the spirit.
1: Yeah. They well, understand this, you know? in the last 40 years, uh, the amount of literature has just grown in this whole area. Sure. And so, and recently, yes, uh, Because Pentecostalism has gone worldwide, uh, there's a sense in which the Spirit, um, you know, Jesus is in one place at one time, right? Right, Right. And, uh, you know, God is a missional God. The Father sent the Son. The Son sent the 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 Spirit. The Spirit sends us. Sends the Church, yeah. And so uh, the Spirit is alive and well around the world. And so there's a lot of uh, reflection on... Uh, what the spirit is doing in preparation for the gospel, sure. and there's all kinds of that's stories okay. out there, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, Muslims having visions and walking, yeah. and finding Jesus. You know, somebody
0: sent me a text after church on Sunday and they said, Well, I guess the Holy Spirit has finally returned to West Winds, <laughs> <laughs> and it was because we sang music, they liked that day, oh, you know? but I just thought oh, that was so funny, yeah. like, Oh, I, I didn't know he was gone, <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's unfortunate, um, but. You have to have eyes to see and ears to hear, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh. So, well, I thought I
0: thought we'd talk about a couple of things because uh, I miss you, and COVID's been so crazy. Um, and I, I just want to, I just want to talk. I don't have sure. A, a big agenda. But, yep. Um, but, but let's start with with the big one uh, because because you're you're a great blend in, in my estimation of of with a passionate Jesus follower, spirit filled. Um, operating in your gifts, and an academic. I mean, that's a really rare, rare blend and one that, that is attractive and, and affirming. Um, what do you think the church needs to hear? I mean, we've been in COVID for... You mean now? Yeah, we've been in COVID for 900 yeah, months. I know. Um, what do you think you need to
1: hear? Well, I, I think the church needs to hear that, uh, you know, God created us for community. And yeah. I think the church needs to hear it's okay to be suffering grieving uh, longing to be with others to be together as a body because I mean uh, singing's great but it's always better corporate right so sure. you know especially that like we can listen to you uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and get the sermon but it's really hard to replicate that worship experience yeah uh, but I think it's okay that uh, it's it's okay to lament to to grieve I think, not only with the deaths, four hundred sixty thousand some, but the job losses, uh, people yeah. hungry, uh, people hopeless, isolated. Um, right. That I think that the church need the church, the people need to hear. Yeah, we're all in this together, and we're experiencing this, and this is not how God created us. Uh, right. That longing to to be together is is God given, yeah. and uh, and I, I think you know. Um, as I reflect on it, you know, I think maybe when we come out of this, it might be helpful for church, churches, to have sort of a corporate lament, to name the names, mm-hmm. name your losses. Uh, yeah, Just acknowledge, you know, rather than just sort of passing over this time. Uh, I've been challenged during this time. I've been reflecting a lot on uh, uh, Jesus' uh, time in the wilderness. And yeah. um, it was not only difficult in that he's being tempted by the devil while well, misinterpreting scripture but the loneliness yeah and uh so my my challenge uh has been how can i find god in this desert yeah. you know because it's mentioned the spirit the spirit drives jesus right right into the wilderness and he's spirit led and and i think that's into a also, sucky place. Yeah, into a sucky place, which spiritually place. means you, you shouldn't interpret, you know, the difficulties in life to be absent of, of God or spirituality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That it's not always the mountaintop or, you know, uh, you know. I, I, I think a lot of people paint a picture when you become a Christian, you know, you're going to get on one of these carnival cruise ships and just... Yeah. Lay back and life is easy, and you're in your speedo and uh, take a little <laughs> swim. You stop and I would shop have
0: differently for this podcast, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, but the spirit. First thing after the baptism yeah. uh, and as anointing with the spirit is spirit led people are led in the wilderness at the time, right. and uh, I think that's where we're at. Yeah. And uh, and that's part of the spiritual journey. I feel like... Um, well, I just started teaching on yeah.
0: numbers uh, at yeah, Westwinds, precisely because I go, this seems like, like 40 years of wondering, when is yeah. this going to be over? Exactly. And, and why are we eating the same thing? And why yep. can't we go anywhere? And, you know, yep. how come everybody's complaining and we're all sick and yep. we don't trust our leaders? And, and yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, and, and you know, I... I, I I've often been impatient with Christians who um, want to um, well, b- use lament uh, because it seems so, you know, we, if you're, we're in the most prosperous time of human history and the most prosperous nation yeah. in the world. We have access to every conceivable resource and, and there's this sort of um, malaise yeah. common to youth in particular sure. that, that lament feels... Uh, self-serving feels like masturbation like spiritual masturbation but but now it's so different yeah um so so i really think that as a good as a good uh as a good check
1: well all that all the excess we live with in our culture it it points to when something like this happens our poverty
0: yeah Yeah, that we
1: have been relying and we were discontent and yeah uh Blaise pascal the philosopher said the problem with humans is they have never learned to be content sitting in their room yeah and <laughs> you know we got to be yeah. distracted <clears throat> by uh, amusements and you know uh, mm-hmm. all kinds of things and i think that's the hard lesson right now is that uh even though we live in abundance <clears throat> um you know uh it 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 can deceive us yeah in, in ways that we don't cultivate a, a deep spirit yeah and connect and see that um yeah everything can be taken away well and there's you a know? funny
0: there's a funny difference between um i'm teasing this out you know abundance and excess, you know mm-hmm. i mean there's because you know uh, uh, an apple tree is abundant right. an apple tree in bloom is. It's fecund, it's fruitful, it's it's lush, and, and there's so, like that kind of abundance. I think is so godly. Mm-hmm. Very different if you show up to the apple tree and there's there's gold apples on it because yeah. somebody's <laughs> been decorating it for Christmas. Yeah, and it's just yeah. And, I, and I think so much of what we've we've had is is um, you know is trinkets. Yeah, um, and and the the sad part about right now, I mean, this is I I wondered for a long time ago why are we seeing revival? I mean, you got all these people who are being driven into their homes like for example the underground chinese church yeah uh I go, Where where's the revival where's the new forms of house church where's the prayer meetings where's the people and i go we're on our phones yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: which i'm not a, i'm not a troglodyte i'm not sure. anti-technology but i go yeah. I'm just uh, w- trying to help people understand that uh, 17 18 hours in unmitigated access to your devices yeah. is not going to cultivate a deep spirit
1: no no, and unfortunately, I mean, <laughs> um, Netflix and all these things are, are trying to fill those spaces yeah. uh, where deep community, deep, deep communion with God yeah. uh, needs to be cultivated. And it takes discipline and intentionality to make that happen. And yeah. I know. I mean, I've struggled with. I've. I'm rewatching shows on Netflix <laughs> I watched five years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's right. like I've exhausted yeah, everything. Yeah. I'm right. Back to Mass and Friends. How, many, and, how many times can you watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, wow. You know. So can yeah, I get through I've it in a day. And and part <laughs> of um, part of that is is picking some disciplines that are going to help you be intentional. So I love what's being done at West Winds mm-hmm. with. Uh, the Brevier, Matins yeah. and breviary, and for me, I I pray um, uh, the um, it's a common book of prayer three times a day, and um, it's it's got some written structured prayers that, that help me just get some continuity to my thoughts, yeah. and then I can launch off into my extemporaneous prayers. But I, I really need that structure right now, so. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, it's been really helpful for me to teach the breviary because I'm teaching right now uh, 20 to 30 times a week. Wow. And and I have a rule that I'll never repeat a sermon. I mean, you're going to talk on the same theme, but I'm never going to use the same outline. I'm never going to use the same structure. I'm never going to use the same hook. So for me, I'm just out of... Necessity. I'm in the Bible so much right yeah. now. And then <clears throat> yeah. for the breviary, I've been writing invocations and benedictions, little little poems mm-hmm. to encapsulate the teaching. And that discipline has been a really good prayer discipline. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to force, like you said, to force some structure into yeah. all this chaos.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because when you're sitting around the house all day, every day, and, you know, now it's nice, I can get out and teach, but, yeah. <clears throat> you know, um, it's not a, Restaurant, all these activities, what do you do with your time? It's easy just to waste it, yeah. you know? And right. it's like... Um, yeah, to putter. You know, and so, uh, well, it's fine. I mean, if you need it to be mentally healthy to watch... And, sure. I mean, I'm on my phone as much as anybody else. and But uh, you got to carve out intentional time just to feed your spirit. And it's it's actually an opportunity to go deeper, just like when yeah. Jesus... Right. I mean, he's at a level of, uh, you know, con, you know, depth of aloneness yeah. and being confronted with evil, and uh, you know, um, so he overcomes what people of Israel couldn't right. do. In, right. In, right. He relives, yeah, he, you, you know, know. The new Exodus. Right? And
0: uh, so here's a question for you: where, where do you think he goes in the desert? Is he totally by himself? I mean, he's got to have water, right? So, yeah. he's got no food. He's got no Bible, because there isn't one. Yeah. Um, so, it's not, he's not taking scrolls with him, Right. Or papyri or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, is he, you think he's, is he going places? Like, is he going to Qumran? Is he going mm-hmm. to, or is he yeah. just, like, trying to get totally by himself?
1: Yeah. Well, he was by himself as much as we know. Um, but, I mean, I was in Israel... Last January, for the first time, you've been oh, in Israel.
0: Oh, I haven't. Been. I haven't been so I, three times. I've, my trips have been canceled. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The Lord doesn't want me over.
1: He's yeah, <laughs> can't go there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Get out of here. Well, once you go there and and, and look at the terrain, it's yeah. it's really amazing because it 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 varies, and uh, you know uh, where they think he went is if you go east okay. uh, of, uh, you know, w- what we see in the New Testament, it's all desert terrain. Yeah. Uh, but you know, not desert like Mexico desert. It's, it's rocky. It's, uh, you don't really see cacti, that kind of thing. Right, right. Barren. It's just barrenness. No trees. Scrap, scrubby, scrubby trees and, like you know, tough, dead trees. Kind of yeah. yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. And rocks, and, not sand, right? Rocks. There, there is sand, uh, yeah. but it's mixed. Yeah. And, uh, just envisioning, you know, Jesus just roaming around out there. I, yeah. I one time I went on a three day silent retreat just yep. by myself. And I'm an introvert, so I wasn't that afraid to do a thing. And it went by pretty quickly, but I was thinking forty days, you know. Uh don't think I could do that. Was it, so I don't know. I I mean I, I imagine him enjoying nature. Uh it actually gets cold in the desert. Yeah. I mean so well, that's
0: what I what Did he what he had a cave? I mean what is it? Is he is he Making a circle? Does he, yeah. just, does he walk out the desert, just sit down? Do you stand up? Yeah. Do you do well, push ups? I mean, I, I
1: think know. it's really hard for us to imagine because um, being the people that we are in the culture, when yeah. we, we're really into productivity and yeah, uh, yeah, effectiveness yeah. and efficiency.
2: Yeah.
1: So, what, what's the point of wandering around by yourself 40 days yeah. in the desert? Like, what production? What, what what are you coming out of this with, right? Well, purity, <laughs> and, maybe you know, you know, clarity, you know. And you know um, yeah, and and so I don't, know, I I think, I think he, you know. So here's the for me the good news: Jesus conquered loneliness.
0: Oh, that is good news. You
1: know, That's he conquered loneliness and isolation and intense temptations, and I think he did that because uh, the whole narrative is framed by being led by the Spirit, being driven by the Spirit. And then when he comes out, it says, first line, uh, Luke 4, 1, he's full of the Holy Spirit. So he learned this dependence, Mm -hmm. uh, a deep level, not a superficial, happy, clappy, you know, sort of uh, spirit experience, but a deep one uh the the kind he the talks about in john where there's and, rivers of living water flowing out of it, you know yeah. and i think he tapped into that and yeah. walked it out and i you well, that's, know
0: that's a good that's a good metaphor of, of uh, us being reservoirs you know and and i think so many of us we get just we get just enough for today yeah we're, we're operating on a manna metaphor uh-huh. you know where, sure. where jesus has got this yeah. super abundant supply this uh, a yeah. A not a glass. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so, yeah, I think, you know, Hebrews tells us he suffered in every way like us and uh, identified so he could identify and, and empathize mm-hmm. with our humanity, the full range yeah. of human experience. And a large part of human experience is you know, what do you do with your loneliness?
0: What do you yeah. do when you're alone?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, what do
0: you do when no one's watching you? <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, with the, yeah well, he, he had less options to get into trouble than yeah. we do. I mean, I suppose he could have made buddies with Satan. but <laughs> um, I, uh, I think there's good evidence of Jesus' loneliness and, and his strength to overcome it and his relationships with women. I've often thought about this. Yeah. I mean, Jesus breaks all the taboos, in, apart from the sexual mores, but he breaks mm-hmm. all the social and yeah. relational and marital taboos with women. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because he's lonely. Um, mm-hmm. But it, but he never seems needy. I mean, his yeah. exchange with the Samaritan woman yeah. at the well, his encounters with Mary Magdalene. Yeah. I mean, he's he's he's, he's intimate sure. without being inappropriate. Yeah. Um, to the well,
1: person. Where do you learn that self control? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you could just because he's not eating too. Remember. Right? Yeah. So I always tell my students that are struggling with lust. Yeah. Try fasting. Yeah. Because I I can guarantee you your your drive hunger yeah. drive is stronger than your sex drive. Yeah. And to prove it, I usually say if if you end up screwing up
0: yeah, yeah.
1: fast for 3 days, if you do it again, fat guarantee you days. you're going to want some food. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's going to override some things. Yeah. But but uh but no, I think you know um that what you said there is a difference between I think being alone and loneliness as yeah. well. Because Periodically, I think I've counted six to eight times the Gospels tell us Jesus went to a place, a lonely place, or a place alone.
2: Yeah.
1: So he needed it, you know? He yeah, needed yeah. to get away from everybody. And yeah. as a pastor, you know what that's like. I mean, everybody's like, uh, the very first uh, episode in, in Mark's Gospel, he goes to Peter's mother-in-law and heals her of the fever, and everyone yeah. finds out yeah. he has healing power. Let's, yeah. let's get this guy out in town, you know? And he's out there, and it says, you know, he went till late. And in the next next verses, it tells us early in the morning, while it was still dark, yeah. he got up and went to a solitary place. Yeah. And what's interesting about these solitary places, I think. Uh, G- First of all, Jesus needed to do that. He didn't want to hang out with people all the right, time. Right? right. No, <laughs> so
0: you recharge my batteries here. So, guys. Yeah. so
1: then it says uh, the disciples saw he was gone and went looking for him. And yeah. so when they find him, it's really interesting. Uh, Mark chapter one. It says everybody's been looking for you. you? know, there's more ministry to do, yeah. right?
2: Yeah.
1: And what it's it always struck me as odd Jesus' response, but he said, uh, "Let's go somewhere else." <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> and it's kind of like so so what does solitariness help us do is get reoriented, yeah, and I think uh it's Walter Brueggemann that talked about the Christian life as being uh, orientation, disorientation, uh, reorientation, yeah, and I think the solitary place that. helps yeah. us reorientate yeah if if we'll use it,
0: yeah, if we use it,
1: you know if and, we'll and that, use it well, and
0: that's i think I think right now every every Christian is living a monastic life uh but it, it, if we can see it that way, yeah, yeah, you because know, we're all stuck in a cell we're all we're all trapped in a cloister, yeah um but but only a few are going to come out purified, sanctified, renewed, reoriented, yeah, um, and the great majority will come out you know bewildered, sure, disoriented, disoriented. Yeah. yeah yeah, and
1: this, and this is a time period when you're probably everyone's feeling a bit disoriented, things aren't the same, sure, sure. and i I I, I guess I would counsel people not to beat themselves up too much yeah. because this is a new experience, right. and this is my first pandemic. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> and but but to not waste the time, you know, uh, redeem the time. Yeah. yeah, and and even if to this point, what are we in? Uh, month nine or ten of this thing? Yeah. Even if you've wasted eight months, I mean, uh, how many more are we got in front right. of us? Use the last two, three, four. Uh, so yeah, redeem that. we we didn't have time it's not a total waste
0: no and I just I think with uh, with the amount of time that we've had alone you know I I mean I don't know how many people used to go to Westwinds or how many people are now let's call it easy numbers used to be 800 adults now it's you know 300 adults you know it's such a big thing but I go I bet of of those 800 adults I I don't think there's um, I don't think there's 200 of them who are spending 30 minutes a day in quiet time alone with God Mm -hmm. and so I go that and and no judgment. I just go if you're if you're going to be spiritually healthy, spirit if you're going to be on any sort of track toward maturity, there's got to be that stuff that's just you and God. Yeah, it's just you, it's just however it works, whether it's lexia divina, sure. whether it's praying in tongues, whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's whatever. It's just whatever the thing is. It's just you <clears throat> and and God. That that's got to happen, or you're not going anywhere. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, and uh, I've been you know, talking to colleagues who are academics and, and I've experienced this myself. I thought, well, at least I'll get some reading done, you know, but I found myself really unmotivated to read. (laughs) I'm like, I got all this time and I'm easy busy and I got a stack of books I want to get through. And so I I think, you know, it's just a struggle all the way around. Everything's topsy turvy and we got to learn to navigate this, this and, uh, and I, I think maybe during this time that this reorientation, uh, a good thing to think about is, okay, life's going to get busy and crazy, yeah. and how do I want to be different? Yeah. What, what, what needs to change, you know? And how can I start now? Because, it, you know, t- change just doesn't happen by fiat. You know, you have to be intentional,
0: my, my dad, before he died, one of his favorite scriptures to quote was out of Hebrews, that, that God is going to shake the foundations um, so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. Oh, yeah. Which is such a great, uh, I just think, like, what, you know, but so much of my life, so much of our lives have been blown up. Yeah. Um, what's left? Yeah. What's left? And, yeah. And what do I want to make sure? like sure. That's the thing I want to carry into the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, who am I, <laughs> and yeah. uh, w- you know, h- how do I live in this pandemic, and use it to 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 be, you know, the person God wants me to be? You know, wh- where are those places, um, and maybe it's a time you know uh, you reflect on yeah, just how busy that yeah. that yeah, this is too much downtime. But man, Great. when things crank up again. It's, you know, running the baseball games, running your kids around, work, you know. Uh, it, it, you yeah. know, just busyness uh, just can swallow you up. Yeah. And, and uh, it's really hard to to actually, de- you know, listen to yourself when you're, you know, uh, on the Autobahn, you know, driving. <laughs> I remember I, I lived in Germany, too. Two years, and I was first time on the Autobahn. I thought, this is great. And there's basically, it just means highway in yeah, German. Yeah, people yeah, think it's yeah. some special road. No, no. no, it just means the highway. Yeah. And so there's a slow lane for trucks and stuff. Then there's a middle lane where you weave and bob around people. And then the fast lane, you go as fast as you want.
2: Yeah.
1: And I remember I picked up, I had a professor friend that came over to visit. And we were uh, going to head to Berlin. And we were chatting and talking off the plane and getting the car and all that. And... And then all of a sudden, you know, I got, in a, let's get in the fast lane. You know? So I'm driving and I realize neither one of us are talking and i am like, got white knuckles and I'm going like 120 miles an hour and somebody come on my bumper and flash their lights and I got to move over and then they zip by and... You know. And i I realized our communications ceased yeah. because living in the fast lane, yeah. I you don't have time yeah. for a broader... Yeah, I don't want to
0: be distracted. Exactly. I don't want you to show me a picture on your phone. No, I'm no. no. Let, let me Josh see your kids. Kidding. No, I can't yeah. see yeah. <laughs> uh, We'll yeah. die.
1: You know? Oh, man. So, yeah. So, you know, how do we prepare to not ramp everything up to full speed and...
0: Well, you know, in church, in church life, and this one of the other things I want to talk about, of course, you know, it's it's not going to go back to the way it was. We don't know exactly how it's going to yeah. go, um, but but I mean, church is ch- church is topsy turvy, yeah. You know, and it's not it's not <clears throat> going to be it's not going to the the constraints and the um, intricacies, the booby trap of COVID yeah. is not going to disappear. But yeah. prior to next year,
1: yeah. So, yeah. I was reading something recently where they estimate about 20% of people won't return. Oh, the, the,
0: the everything that I'm getting and you know from leadership this yeah. and that and all the emails I get say we, we should expect to to have currently between 30 to 40% return, which we're we're about there. Huh. Um and ultimately only about 60 to
1: 70%. Oh wow, that's yeah, that's yeah. lower than I thought. Yeah. Well, why do you think that is? What are what are people um you know, he, here they are. Well, like me, I've I'm in a high risk area, so yeah, I've yeah. been uh, airing on watching you sure. on on the screen. You know, yeah. uh,
0: I didn't know I was going to become a TV person. So <laughs> I would have done more with my teeth. But but you know, I'm planning
1: to come back. I'm yeah. planning like, well, you know, I want to get reengaged. But yeah. what? Why do you think so many people? What are they discovering either about church themselves yeah. or? Are they just wandering off, or what's your yeah. what's your take? I, when, I mean,
0: because because I mean, I'm doing a lot of sort of parish pastoring these days. You know, now most of it's phone or Zoom. Yeah. You know, where you just go like there's there's just not a lot of people to do the work anymore. So so mm-hmm. I'm texting everybody and calling everybody and trying yeah. to get around to everybody as much as I can. And, and and most of what I hear is that people are either worried. You know, I'm not sure it's safe to come out of my yeah. house yet yeah. or safe to re-engage, um, which, I, you know, I respect that. I get that. Um, but an equal number of people, I think, have just got out of the habit. Oh. Huh. You know, I mean, I mean, if you grow up in church, you're in the habit. Or if something happens, you know, usually some kind of crisis where you go looking for God and you find a church, yeah. then you, you cultivate the habit. Yeah. Uh, but then when the habit is no longer available, yeah. you cultivate new habits. Yeah. And it's not that the new habits are necessarily more life-giving or more satisfying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like uh, staying at home in your pajamas on a Sunday morning is somehow feeding your soul. Yeah. It's just that, that shift in gears again sure. it takes a lot of startup energy that I don't think most people... Um, mm-hmm. I think in the back of their heads, they intend to. Mm-hmm. but But there's a lot of people who intend to... Be involved in the life of a church and never are. Yeah. And lots of churchless Christians yeah. who are, and not all of them are. You know, sneering and cynical sure. and bad. They're just,
1: yeah, they're just more uh, apathetic or don't feel the church is relevant to where they're at, or, or it's the, unnecessary. You know, yeah. but the sad thing yeah.
0: is, is when I mean, the, the stories that we're hearing now in the last, say, couple of months, you know, call it since Christmas or around Christmas, is, is people coming back. I mean, faithful, Jesus loving mm-hmm. people finally come up, but they're coming back because something awful happened. Hmm. Yeah, uh, And that's terrible. You know, like oh, there was a Sunday maybe three weeks ago or four weeks ago where you know there's there's like two hundred and fifty, three hundred people at church right now, you know, between mm-hmm. multiple services. Yeah. And in one day I had three sorry stories of of, of sexual assault oh, wow. in, in the home.
1: Yeah. It's so you're like, like huh. that's
0: I probably didn't have three yeah. all of twenty nineteen. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but in one day, because things are so just toxic, so, like, so
1: icky. Yeah, it was something related to that that surprised me is like one of the reasons to get kids back in school. Yeah, it's because of violence at home and oh, and sex yeah. sexual, yeah. you know, Trauma, misconduct yeah. and, and and no food. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, it it this this pandemic is revealing. It's a mirror yeah. of society, not just us as individuals. Um, and I and I think. Um, you know, a lot of people, because I'm a theologian, they ask me, well, "Where's God in this whole thing?" And I'm like, "The Bible doesn't really deal with questions about where's God in the midst of evil." Yeah. Um, I I look at uh, uh, Genesis, where you know uh, Joseph is told there's going to be a famine coming. Yeah. Right. He interprets the dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't speculate philosophically. Why is God in you all these bad things happening? Yeah. What do they do? He prepares. He gets ready for because there's going <laughs> to yeah, yeah, there's going to be yeah, yeah. 7 years of plenty and 7 years lean. Yeah. And and then he prepares. There's no s- speculation, you know. Yeah. And and the same thing you find in in Acts uh it's interesting uh chapter 8 Agabus uh, the prophet gets a similar it's going to be a famine coming. Yeah. And what do you read the next verse is that the disciples got themselves ready of how they could help and then you see Paul going around taking the collections yeah. and and but there's no you know speculation about why is God doing well, this Well even thing.
0: even in and Reve- uh, revelation you get that you get the two witnesses who you know they're going to their number is coming up you know that the church is going to be persecuted and scattered and <clears throat> yeah. and, uh, and they're not told you know where it's God it's more like when is God Yeah, he, he's coming Sure
1: yeah Yep. Yeah persevere is yeah. a whole. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. what we're doing, learning perseverance. not
0: well, the, uh, 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 the word tribulation? We often translate, is, is it solipsis? Thelipsis? I don't know how you say that. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. I'm not that, that yeah. great <laughs> of a scholar. Dude. I know like three Greek words, <laughs> and I, I'm going to work them all in right now. Yeah. But, but the word means pressure. Right. And I, and that's, you know, when you, when you put pressure on something, the things that are inside of it come yeah. out. And that's what's happening in the world. Right? Yeah. Where the pressure of COVID yeah. is revealing ugliness sure. in the home. And it's also revealing virtue in them, because yeah. not maybe not an equal number, but there are some families at, at Westwood that are just—they're gorgeous right now. They're they're totally yeah. glorified, because yeah. the pressure happens and it and, it's, and it turned them into diamonds. Yeah. Um,
1: well, isn't that the case? I mean, I, um, I think you know, I just taught a class last fall on the problem of evil and suffering, and and one of the things we discovered is is yeah, suffering, tribulation, these things. Uh, bring out the worst in some people yeah, yeah. and they bring out the best the in best some people, some other, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, the, the analogy of fasting works here. When you fast, I had a guy tell me, you find out what you're full of <laughs> when you fast. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, for a, while, a long time, I used to fast once a week because it was yeah. every spiritual guy in yeah. history yeah. Yeah, did yeah, it. Right. And it was the worst day of the week. I was yeah. grumpy, I had a headache, I wanted my coffee, and I was snippy, yeah. and uh, so I was talking to a guy. And he's like, "Well, fasting helps you know what you're full of." And I and I think same thing. This pressure when when we're suffering of that, we're seeing what some people are full of. They're they're going in the store and buying all the toilet paper for God's sake. Yeah. And other people are taking care of uh, people, yeah. calling people, making sure um, you're okay. Yeah. You know. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine from New Jersey, and she was like, You know, the whole family is there's six of them in the house. Jeez. And um, said the first couple of weeks they were all on their phones, isolated, but they've had to work, put their phone down, and just uh, all of a sudden having conversations they've never had before. And yeah. they're, they're, she's been intentional about let's cultivate you know, family life. And yeah. and so some people, uh, you know, this is an opportunity to do that or, or yeah, show the ugliness, yeah. you know. Um, what, uh,
0: with, with all the changes that are happening in the church and, you know, the, the same things happen. You know, church is going under pressure. We find out what the churches are full of. We find out the true character and nature of the church. Ch- church is going to take some new forms. Uh, There'll be, I think, more house churches. I think. Yeah. More cell churches, more, you know, Bible churches. What, what do you think counts as a church?
1: Well, there's, uh, I could give you a historically theological answer to <laughs> that because there are certain marks of the church.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, That uh, Calvin, to me, truncated everything. He says where the gospel's faithfully preached and the and sacraments, you know, uh, truly administered.
2: Uh-huh. And I think
1: that's too, too too small. Too
2: simple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Luther had seven points. Uh, he included suffering. By the way, is a mark of the church. Really? Yes.
2: Well, and uh
1: tick. and, and work and worship <laughs> yeah. as well so you have both doxology and yeah. suffering uh oh. as as marks of the church uh but but yeah it, a, at its core uh church is the body of christ it's the family of god um all the imagery in the new testament i think there's uh I've got a, a book, Images of the New Test uh, Church in the New Testament. I I that there's, book. I, I like there's that 87 book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different imagery.
0: Yeah. It's a great little resource. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and it's like I I, I like the image of the body. No, we're we're a body. We're in this together. Yeah. And um in you know, you find it in Romans twelve, you find it first Corinthians twelve. You know, Paul likes that metaphor. Um, but I, I think at its essence, you know. Look what happens right after Pentecost. They continue in the apostles' teaching. They continue in the fellowship. They break bread, yeah. they pray. I yeah. think that's baseline. Yeah. And 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 then you know, um, uh, signs and wonders happen. But to me, the biggest miracle is, is generosity. Yeah. They start caring for people right who don't have. And and the Lord adds to their number, and those were house churches, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, uh, to me, I, I like the Acts two model. I know every church wants to be an Acts two, <laughs> yeah. but they tend to veer off as you were mentioned earlier, either a Holy Spirit side or yeah, yeah, yeah. social justice or this or that, yeah. and it's like. No, it's a it's a whole mix. You know what's right? been
0: really cool for for me. I mean, we you know we we had to make some staff cuts at West Winds. So we did we don't have any aging stage ministers anymore. We don't have kids people. We don't yeah. have youth people. So we're we're scrambling. Yeah. Um, and we were getting ready to do a big youth church launch. But and I, I'm I've always had a heart for youth ministry. Uh, but now I got nobody to to do it. So yeah. so I thought well I thought Lord I don't have any don't have any time I don't have any spare energy. Yeah. But I do yeah. have two teenagers. Uh-huh. So. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'll see who will help me, and then, and then doing youth ministry on Sunday nights has been so huh. great, particularly to be able to pray with them, yeah, and and teach them to pray for each other. It's the prayer that's been my favorite sure. part. I hate pr- prayer with adults. Oh, I hate, it's so <laughs> awful. I don't, I don't yeah. want to listen to them pray. Yeah. I don't want them to react to the way I pray. No. I the, the, the the uh, the the glass glass house of prayer yeah. is so detestable to me but but with those kids man do it yeah. it's so sweet it's yeah. so sweet huh. um,
1: yeah 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 those those are things I think um, you know it's, you're right that the church's going to look different not only because of COVID it was already looking different right. it's been looking different sure. and I was just talking uh, to someone I won't name the denomination. Uh, but here in in Michigan, they're gonna lay off twenty percent of their pastoral oh, staff. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and so those people who feel called to ministry, what are they gonna do? Just right. get a job at you know Lowe's or something?
0: They might. Um, and- but
1: by vocational, so where now? Where do you start church? You know, right. and well, in my house with yeah. my neighbors on my street. Yeah, and uh, I know this from you know being a church plant. When you don't have a building, you you know you gotta have home groups that are more than yeah, you know, chit chat, and you know, one guy spouting off about what he knows from his study notes, right? You know, yeah, it's it's you know how how are you? The prayer happens. You, the things happen in people's lives that they can share that you can't share with eight hundred people, right? You know, right. And um, I think we're gonna have a lot more of that. And, and I um, think
0: that's really good news, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the uh, you know sort of the the Western evangelical diaspora. It's good news. Push yeah. push the church out of the building.
1: Sure. Well, look at it this way. Anytime I mean, it, the church is being pruned. So the people that aren't coming back, yeah. yeah, there is a sense in which what gives me hope is those that are staying are really committed. Yeah. You know, and those that were just want to be entertained or yeah. nice coffee or Dave's a funny guy, like yeah, yeah. you know. Um I think this is a pruning of the church. It's, it's interesting so, because
0: I, that one of the things that's hardest for me, I mean, West Winds has always been a real uh, outward facing church. We've always, t- we've, yeah. we, we, we introduce a lot of people to Jesus, a lot of hurting people come, we baptize a lot of new believers. It's a, so I don't think that missiology happens best on Sunday morning, but I tell you, right. there's a lot of hurting people that show up to West Winds looking for hope. And yeah. I love, but those are the people sure. that aren't coming back. Yeah. Like, I look out over the church now and I go, almost everybody in the room, these few people, like, they're, they're all, they all look so healthy. Yeah. Like they're all, they all love Jesus, trust Jesus, or teaching their yeah. kids about Jesus. They all, they all sort of know the basics. And, um, and I, and I go, it's, I'm really missing those. I, I don't know that they were coming to be entertained, maybe. Well, uh, but I go, they, yeah. they were coming because it's like a hospital. And I go, so yeah. now, now I got to send out ambulances. You yeah. Know? I got to send out <laughs> SWAT, EMTs teams. To, like, <laughs> SWAT <laughs> teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, okay. I got to go looking for them all over again. That, that's the, yeah. I, I'm sad about that because I, I, it's it's nice to not have to be running triage every Sunday morning. If it's easier on me, yeah. But I I go oh shoot. I mean, those people need their pastor. They need they need their church. Sure. They need something. You know.
1: Well, you know, I, I think this is a time where I mean, this is another theme you've heard for forty years. But you know, every member is a minister, yeah. right? Yeah. And I you know I've passed for sixteen years or whatever and. Uh, the truth is that the mold that we hired you to do the ministry is a hard one to break. Yeah, right. And so somebody's sick, a hey, pastor, might, my, my yeah. you know, my mom's sick. Will you go visit her? And so the expectation, if you don't visit them, you know, you hurt my feelings, or you don't care yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard to get that Ephesians four model where your job yeah. and my job as teacher. It's to equip and train the saints to do the work of ministry. Yeah. And that's how it builds up and gains maturity. And in a house fellowship, there's an opportunity for that. They're not probably polished, trained educationally sure. or with all the years of experience we have between us. Uh, but that, that that that's how ministry yeah. happens. And it gets spread out. Yeah. And it may not look as professional, but uh, I think one of the reasons the church has in the last 40 years declined is, as, as we've talked about equipping and training the saints for work of ministry, but we don't identify yeah. identify the gifts. We don't bless them. We don't empower them. We don't send them, you yeah. know, as leaders. And um, that's kind of our role uh, is is to uh, train. And I think, uh, you know, these house fellowships that are going to happen and, and even the way we're going to educate uh, ministers in the future, it's going to look different. Oh yeah. And I think, yeah, a lot of places like Westwind will train their own pastors through ministry, oh, uh, yeah. equipping.
0: Well, you know, yeah. I mean, already if somebody shows up and they say, I have a MDiv, and, uh, you know, I, I come from whatever denominational background, and I'd like to throw my hat in the ring for a job at Westwinds. i mm. like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, you, I don't, I mean, ugh. Oh. Even even if they go through and get a D in, I mean, it, depending yeah. on where they get it, that their actual hands-on experience with ministry is so yeah. is so zero, and um, ministry's people. It's, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's people. Like, yeah. yeah, that's
1: why. I mean, I tell students, I got great advice. Uh, I, you know, I got three masters, PhD. But here's the thing, I always had one. I always kept involved in church ministry. Yeah. all the way through. Whether And it changed. I did hospital ministry for a while. I mean, yeah, yeah. I did children's ministry. I did youth ministry, prison ministry for three years. Yeah. I just, I, you got to stay in touch. I, I need all of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, you, you know, it, you, you're, you're And hiring. that's where you learn, you know? And and even like in youth ministries where I, I started contemplating, well, how does Christ fit in the yeah, spirit yeah, at yeah. work in the world? I mean, yeah.
0: uh,
1: it, it was through ministry. You know, yeah. and, and the truth is most of the great theologians of the past were bishops of churches yeah. and and pastors, right. and they did not do theological reflection outside of an ecclesial context. Right. And right. so. They're not in an ivory tower. They're, yeah. They're, it, they're, it, it's since the Enlightenment, the we've got yeah. the ivory tower sort of theologian. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, students are going to have to be engaged, uh, all along the way, um some need to do more reading than doing and others need to do more doing <laughs> than reading cuz you have both types right
0: <laughs> what about uh i mean on the on this topic where where do you think the fertile biblical material is for the future i mean we come we come out of this season whatever it is with covid i mean um how do you prepare for what's next when you don't know what next will be
1: yeah well um the church has always lived with uncertainty. Culture shifts, mm-hmm. trends shift. You know, uh, forty years ago, uh, I was given—I think it's this old purpose-driven church.
0: Yeah,
1: I won't give that to anybody now. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> although there's some really good principles. Right, there. Right, I mean, yeah. I mean, no, I, mean no, I don't I know, want to trash know, yeah, it, yeah, but, yeah. but I'm just saying that model is like. So yeah. you, you always have to. Keep in step with the Spirit. I think listening to God, discerning God's voice, uh, is critical. Uh, if you don't know how, and this gets to if you don't know how to sit in your room alone, yeah, how are you going to hear God's voice? Yeah, right. You know, and then how I mean, do you know it's right not right you? Yeah, and, yeah, right. And so I think the church uh, is getting into uh, isn't a time if we take it of discernment, mm. and the signs of the times will appear. And I believe the Spirit will burst new kinds of ministries, different yeah. shapes and forms, uh, empower us. Um, yeah. Well, like West I think a lot of churches need need to do like, um, you know, we invested in the hub. We went yeah. instead of no, you know, youth or in, or instead of or, uh, building a mega church, yeah. let's and expecting people to come to it. How do we go to the community and start yeah. helping the community? And so with the hub helping the youth and in, in, in different ways. Uh, there's got to be a lot of creativity, prayer into, you know, where are those areas? Give us eyes to see that. And, um, you know, the church may not, you know, be in revival and come back. I'm not even sure it's good that most Americans go to church, kind of like Stanley Howard said it's not good for people to read the Bible. Because <laughs> 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 they, they get the superficial thing, but it, it's uh, – it's going to be different. It's going to be honed. It, there's going to be shifts. It's going to be uncomfortable. Uh, it may not look as professional. There'll always be guys like you and me around. Yeah. But um, but I think the troops are going to be in the trenches yeah. and um, not so much in the cathedrals. So well, they'll could, they'll be around.
0: Yeah. You, know, you know that's one of the things i one of the shifts that I've been really sensing is we're going back to the catacombs. Uh, yeah, you know, right? yeah, I
1: remember when you did that series uh, yeah. on catacombs. And... Yeah,
0: well, I, I mean, I like I like the cathedral. I like I like I like sure. to visit cathedrals. I, and I, I don't I don't have any problem with the lights and lasers. I yeah. like I like shows. Sure. I like I like spectacle. I think God can be present yep. in that, but I I don't think God requires that. Not by a right. long stretch. And so yeah. then I go. Um, you know, people in smaller groups doing more hands-on ministry, I think we're going to see so much more. that we need it, man. Yeah. And, and I think you can have both and. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I really hunger for that. Real Christian stuff, you know? Like, I mm-hmm. tell you, as a pastor, one of the great encouragements is to find out after the fact. That ministry happened that I didn't start, sure. and in which I wasn't involved.
1: Exactly. Like, hey, my
0: friends and I got together. We thought right. we'd feed the homeless, so we got some soup and we went. You're yeah. Like, what? That's fantastic. Thank yeah. God you're a Christian. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Like, that's, well,
1: that's one of the things I love. I feel like God is is uh, put me in a place to to really equip and train others to do ministry, and that's why I'm in teaching. But yeah. I even did it when I was a pastor. You know, yeah. uh, many people are in ministry now because I saw their gifts and talents It gave them a place to serve. And uh, they're out either missionary or, or whatever. And heck, you know, I get news back, you know, they're doing what, you know, yeah, it, right. a lot of my, the graduates, I'm like, yeah. wow, I'm, I'm really, it, it's the biggest reward I get from, from what I do is, is realizing, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna be involved in all this. And my job is to equip and train more, right. Right. just makes sense even numerically, I mean, how many people can you actually take care of, Dave? Yeah. How many babies? I mean, yeah. how many, you ever babysit five babies? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, no, there's a big mess. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, depending on the people or maturity and, uh, but really I, you know, you might have a thousand Facebook friends, but I mean, you can only talk to maybe three people in depth in a day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's a, that's a heavy day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. go home yeah. tired, yeah. especially as an extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last uh, last thoughts. Anything that you you go, boy? I, I sure hope I got a chance to talk about this today with Dave and share this with people.
1: Actually, I came here with no real agenda. So. <laughs> That's good. I didn't
0: really have one in asking. I just <laughs> yeah. thought this would be great. Yeah, That's I mean, uh, but with COVID,
1: um, I I guess, um, and what what I what I was thinking about during this time too is, is maybe some of the conflict in churches about, um, you know, governmental expectations. You can't, you know, only so many people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as Americans, just my freedoms and all this, and yeah, with yeah. all the turmoil politically going on, and just, uh, I was reflecting recently on um, the American idea of freedom, is freedom f- from, I can do what I want, Whereas the biblical notion of freedom is really freedom for, you know, and one is rather negative. Like, I don't want any restraints. I don't want to be bad. I don't want any commitments. I don't, don't ask me to sign up for something. Uh, you know, I want to be free to do what I want to do and don't even tell me to put a mask on. Right. Sure. Sure. You know, all this we, we have, I think, um, some of my reflection this time is like, uh, what is, Biblical freedom is freedom, yeah, from sin, but for God, for others, freedom sure. to be, to to really, it's a different kind of freedom. It's not just, it, it, it is committed, it's intentional. It gets involved. It doesn't. Uh, the the freedom uh, is for freedom to Christ that is free, and and there's an abundance uh, if we'll. Um, commit to it there, there's a freedom that i think we're missing because uh, just i mean from the 1776 on we just you know yeah. screw you britain we're doing what we want we just kind of have an attitude we don't need a king well i think that can translate into radical individualism and not really mm-hmm. see right now is a great time to use your freedom for others mm-hmm. and just you know be praying you know how maybe they're who haven't I heard from in a while? Yeah, it might be yeah, cooped right. up somewhere, you know. Yeah, uh, who, who needs a dinner? I'll drop it off on their porch if they don't want me to go in, you know. Uh, financially, I mean, I happen to be blessed, I'm getting paid, I haven't yeah. missed a paycheck. A yeah. lot of people, so I upped my giving this past yeah. year, uh, mostly to people and things Which, that I know are suffering. And it's just really hard, but I think it, you know, I'm free now. I'm free it to do that rather than just feel like, you know. Well, I
0: I mean, I had a an experience with that, and at the beginning of COVID or pretty soon the beginning of COVID, where I I just thought, man, the bowers are closing in. You know, we can't. At one point, we couldn't have church services at all. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're filming church in my office. feels feels stupid. You know, it's like me and three guys and a guitar in my Uh. office sitting here, just like this. this is dumb, I, but I, yeah. and then I realized, like, but I, I have the, I have the freedom to do whatever I want. Not not the freedom to to be free of your constraints or to ignore or whatever. But I go like, I can I can reinvent church. I can come up with the breviary. Mm-hmm. I can come up with special yeah. film projects. I can teach classes yeah. online. I can do daily <laughs> Bible studies online. I can do Zoom Bible studies online. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. There are no restrictions yeah. from my noble ambition to serve Jesus and serve others. Yeah. And so, like th- this last, you know, however long it's been, but I think we've at this point the number is seventeen. We have we have we have tried seventeen different styles of online church. Wow, yeah. Uh, with my team. Well, my I friends.
1: mean, you just pointing to the paradox of what we're living in. Even though we're confined, isolated, right. uh, everything's closed down. What I mean, this is this is when I said, look, right. be praying about God. Let me see you in the desert. What. What's opening up that right. I couldn't see before? You know, right. I mean, the kind of creativity uh, that uh, I know you you, uh, uh, you know push into. It, I think everyone could could just yeah. you know what what can I you know what's even though I can't do uh, you know what I was doing what what, what now is available right you know what what, I, what, and what how can I do it different yeah and better or. Yeah. Let's just try stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, well, got a, a freedom I, I to just try. For, looking for opportunity. I mean, yeah. when you, when you spend so, and I think that was part of the thing that's so frustrating about, about lament, you know, coming back to the beginning yeah. of the conversation is, is you go, if you, if you keep grieving what you've lost, yeah. you're never going to see the opportunities in front of you. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, but there's an appropriate time to grieve. Sure. An appropriate duration for grief, but, but too, there's too much grieving.
1: You know? <laughs> well, Well, there's actually a a liturgy of lament that you find in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sure, complaining to God, right? And then you'll find this structure in every psalm of lament, which is the largest number of psalms Mm -hmm. or laments. Uh, But you find the structure in every one of them. There's this calling out to God, just, hey, you know, listing what your grievances are, you're disappointed, you didn't show up or, you know, uh, you're doing this, but but there's always a shift that there's some kind of expression of trust like you have in sure. the past done us but but every single psalm ends on a note of hope and praise yeah and even uh, i will yet praise you you know it's future tense yeah but it if you don't get there yeah it's just complaining in the wilderness right you know and every psalm does it except psalm 88 he never gets there <laughs> Well <laughs> but, but every psalm of lament has those middle yeah, those pieces boxes. where you're remembering where God has worked in the past, and yeah. that that I think fuels hope for, and and I will praise for what you're going to do, and yeah. and I I think that's what Scripture calls a a, a sacrifice of praise. Hmm. You're, you're not experiencing it, yeah. You're not really experiencing it, but you, you you've got that seed of hope to to see it and trust. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's. That's uh, you know the the what I would call a sacrifice of praise. Though. Yeah, a sacrifice of praise, but it, but it's also the liturgy of lament. Hmm. You got to hit all those points, or yeah, it's just you know complaining and not moving. You're not moving yeah. on. Yeah. But oh. there's that progression in, in everyone else, except Psalm 88. Except Psalm 88. He's just too... Don't be a Psalm 88, he's just, church. He's don't he's be a Psalm 88, off.
0: Christian. <laughs> no
1: one ever reads that Psalm <laughs> in church.
0: <laughs> no, we read it over our enemies. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks a ton for doing this, man. Oh, you're great, welcome. Great thanks great for inviting you. me. Yeah. Enjoying myself. Happy to do it. Thanks, Good. everybody, for watching and listening, and, uh, and we'll be back at you next week. All right. All right.
2: Thanks, Ryan. Thanks.